Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Tell Me to Live podcast. I'm Logan, and here with me today is Andrew. So, Andrew, instead of asking you a question, I'm going to uh, talk about something I found out this week. So, Jeopardy! is now on Netflix. I don't know how long it's been there, but I did find out that after the sixth time of watching the same episode, those Jeopardy! questions get really easy. Uh, I don't know what your, what your take is on it. And now that's how you feel with your wife. You're just like, please stop beating me. Uh, I know, right? Like, now I'm the one that feels utterly defeated. But, you know, that's just my advice to all us listeners out there that aren't married. Marry someone. Yeah, I mean, I think you can also always play the card of like, you know, I'm just letting you win. I think it's for best for both of us. Yeah. Um, so getting back to what this podcast is all about, college football. Uh, let's say name the biggest blowout of last week, Andrew. Uh, I'm gonna assume it's, it's Georgia Tech losing seventy-three to seventy Clemson. You are correct, sir. Well, so, you for, you forgot to phrase it in a question, but I'll allow it. What, what is <laughs> Georgia Tech Which so it's really funny. Uh, speaking of that game today, I was talking to somebody at work, and Georgia Tech's like athletics Instagram or whatever. I don't know. It was today or yesterday. Posted like. You know, here's the play of the game, and I'm like, you lost seventy three to seven. <laughs> like, yes, the play of the game is the one long touchdown pass to Jalen Camp, but like, come on now, guys. I think the I get it. Like, you want to show as much positive as you can, but you gave up thirty five points in the second quarter. The play of the game is the guy crying on the sideline. Actually, I think the play of the game. They did show this in the highlights. There's a guy that was just sleeping up in the stands. Like, he couldn't even motivate himself to leave. He was just like, ah, this is just my life now. I'm sleeping here. You know, it always reminds me of one of my favorite pictures is the Florida State game where there's this, like, dude sitting up in the stands, like, without his shirt on, reading a book. <laughs> like, you got to get your studies in. I guess that's, no, yeah. Right. But. I mean, hey, you got to work it in somewhere. Clown college doesn't pay for itself, so you got to find a way to get things done. Uh, I, wonder, I wonder how many of our listeners got that joke. Uh, any FSU fans out there? I don't know. I mean, FSU fans obviously would, and they know that their like their their carnival and like clown school is one of the best in the country. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Nice. Uh, I did, I just noticed the Seahawks Cardinals game got bumped to Sunday night, so I get to watch the Cardinals. That one could be a good matchup, but uh, back to college football. I know you're trying to avoid it as much as possible. I do, I do when think you, when you when you lose seventy three, although uh, we did win the rushing battle, Jameer Gibbs outrushed Travis Etienne. <laughs> yeah, because they took him out so early. Oh my gosh! But uh, details. I I I think it had something to do with us deciding to score off that turnover early. I think Clemson just got upset. Yeah, it got they, they got really upset. <laughs> so, I mean, these kind of things are going to happen. We're playing Clemson. It, it is what it is. Uh, I wouldn't take it too much to heart if you're a Georgia Tech fan. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're thinking, well, maybe next year we have a chance. No, don't. Just stop. All right. On, on top of, you know, the historic blowout of Georgia Tech, my Sunday wasn't 
the Spurs ran out to a 3-0 lead to West Ham only to draw because life is pain. Well, and then, uh, you know, the Braves fucked up, so. Yeah, I know, the Braves lost, and the Dodgers won. Although, to be fair, the Astros lost, which is nice. Although, uh... Because well, all my homies hate the Astros. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I was just happy to see the Astros didn't make it. Honestly, I'm not that torn up about the Dodgers being in there, because they've fucked up somehow the past three years in a row. But, uh, you know. Let's go Rays. I, I'd still hope for the Rays. It's their first playoff. It's their first World Series, I think. So, good it, for them. I thought I have to double check. I, I would have to double check. I think it is their first one though, but I don't know. No, two thousand and eight. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Um, Where they lost to? Did they win? Yeah, they won and they lost to the Phillies. Okay. So, moving on. Why don't we talk about the elephant in the room? Andrew, can you uh, guess what I'm talking about? I assume you know what I'm talking about. Well, I was going to bring up how North... I was going to bring up the whole North Carolina debacle, but let's start with something happy. Yeah, let's talk about Alabama. So, yeah, Georgia got... uh, I don't want to say crushed. I guess if you're just looking at it on paper, the fact that they didn't score at all in the second half, yeah, I would say they got crushed, personally. But I think from a score standpoint, uh, they kept it closer than a blowout, I guess. I don't know. What, what's your take? I think Najee Harris still putting up great numbers. Mac Jones, <laughs> 417 yards through the air. I didn't know what to expect from him. In Fuego. I mean, yeah, for sure. I just I, – I never know what to expect from a guy named Mac. I don't know, like, if he's going to be a burger chef or if he's going to be the next star quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, he's proven himself, that's for sure. And he kind of looks like Shane. Have you looked at him? <laughs> I know, right? Maybe that's what he did. He just disappeared into <laughs> actually turning into Mac Jones. Yeah, that might be the thing. But, uh, yeah, what, what were your thoughts on the uh, Georgia Bulldogs getting destroyed? Well, I think they pissed Alabama off because they were up in half. But I think Alabama did exactly what I thought they would do, is, is they shoved the run game down pretty well. You know, Georgia ran the ball 4.8 yards per carry, but they just weren't able to do it. They got behind. But I mean, they forced Denson Bennett to beat him, and again, I don't, I don't think Denson Bennett that much. He threw either two interceptions in the second half. The Alabama turned to fourteen points, so that's always gonna gonna hurt you. And you know, I think this is, you know, we always talk about, oh, you know, this year Alabama offense was the best we've ever seen. I mean, this one's this one's pretty darn good too. I mean, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle are incredible. Najee Harris, you can't say enough good things about. Like, to me, from what I've seen this season, the two teams that have truly elevated and separated themselves are Alabama and Clemson. Uh, we don't know anything about Ohio State yet. There are no, I might put in that category. But to me, Alabama and Clemson have looked just so much better than everyone else. Well, and for Alabama, at least this year, it's the offense, I think, as you pointed out. Um, usually when it's Bama, you're talking about it's the defense that you want to highlight. And honestly, the defense was kind of a disappointment in this game in some aspects. Now, they did eventually turn themselves around in the second half. But the fact that, again, they were behind at the half, that's not the offensive fault. That's the defense just continually giving up yards that they should not be – that they wouldn't have given up like, say, last year. Um, 
I think they're a talented team. I definitely think they're one of the top teams. The pro- I don't know that they compare to Clemson. The problem is there is no direct comparison to Clemson until Clemson plays maybe like a Notre Dame or a UNC. I don't, I don't really know. Until then, it's like Clemson's just kicking around teams like Georgia Tech, and you're like, oh, well, okay, that was going to happen. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think this was probably the first really big matchup of the year. Um, and Alabama walked away looking very, very good. Um, so yeah, the actual elephant in the room. Uh, so do you want to bring up, I don't know if it's like kosher to talk about in your household right now. What happened with North Carolina and Florida State? I don't even know. I have to talk really, really quietly about it. <laughs> It's one of those where we've seen North Carolina, we saw them last year as, as a very to fourth quarter, second half team. And and they kind of showed that again this year, or this game. They missed that they gave up too much early. Uh, you know, the, what killed them was, was they got down 17 to 10 on a touchdown and then immediately threw a pick six. And that, that dug that 24 to nothing hole. They scored to make it 24 to 7 and then immediately gave up another touchdown. So they're down 31 to 7 and a half. And you're like, oh man. And so they fought back. They fought back. They had a couple of fourth downs that hurt them where they didn't get it. Uh, they actually missed a goal as well that would have tied the game. Right. Um, that missed field goal really hurts. And, yeah. And, you know, it's it's a team that we know that they hear. Yeah. You know, we know the talents there. They've just got to stop being a slow starter. I think that's this is a game that really showed them. We've got to be able to come out hot. You can't just keep leaving it late, leaving it late because this game they left it too late. Well, and I do think we touched on it earlier. Um, I, I always hate it when we touch on it. And we're like, oh, but it won't actually happen. Because then it happens, of course. But yeah, we touched on it last week. Um, when you become the top five team in the country, you got to be consistent. You can't expect to play comeback ball or, you know, oh, we'll get it in the second half. You've got to be ready because teams are going to come out. And they really did. They played a pretty good game. I mean, Sam Howell put up some ridiculous yards, honestly. Although that one interception, as you pointed out, really hurt him. Uh, I don't know the running back, Javante Williams. Oh, yeah, he put up some great yards, too. But they got behind too quickly, too early, I guess. I don't know if it was excitement or nerves. And at that point, it's just tough to claw back, you know? Yeah, they also really struggled um, against the run. Florida State averaged 6.7 yards per carry. I mean, that's all going to hurt you because that's going to shorten the game. If the other team's able to run the ball like that, I think that's what kind of got them. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really rough. So those were kind of the highlight matchups last week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move on to this week, unless you got a matchup you want to talk about. There were some interesting ones. SMU pulled an impressive overtime win against Tulane. Uh, Chantic- your Chanticleers uh, yeah, yeah, took, out, took out number 21, Louisiana. And, uh, I mean, well, I feel like we'll be talking about this more in the future if uh, Notre Dame – Oh yeah, Liberty refuses to lose. Uh, I don't know who well, else they're going to be playing. To, to everyone's chagrin because everyone hates Liberty. 
Well, because they're a freaking cash cow. I mean, well, they're also a super Christian. Weirdly religious, too. But uh, the Memphis winner over UCF, uh, Arkansas winning their second SEC game in a season. Against, uh, old, against an old Miss team that hung, like, what, 48 points against Alabama last week? It's I know, right? Crazy. Uh, Mississippi so, State. The other one that really surprised me uh, was BC getting blown out by Virginia Tech. Uh, BC turned the ball over five times, so I'm sure that – which means that there are going to be ton turnovers against George Tech this week. Yeah, I mean, give, you're giving me hope. Uh, it's not a good – that's not a good thing. Come on now. You've been a Georgia Tech fan long enough to know that hope is a waste of time. Uh, I, I will say two other games that I just wanted to point out. Uh, Wake Forest bounced back pretty hard. They had a really tough start to the season with a lot of injuries, tough loss to Clemson, tough loss to NC State. And they've really turned it around. They're putting up a lot of yards and putting up a lot of points. So Wake Forest, uh, I don't, you know, they're not going to do anything serious. But, uh, you know, I would keep an eye out for them. They could have some interesting games in the future. Yeah, I always like Wake. You know, they, they've just been hurt. They had a bunch of guys opt out, plus Jamie Newman transferred. So that's kind of hurt them a little bit. They've got Virginia Tech this week, which, oof, it's going to be a tough game. I don't know. I would – just keep an eye on it because you never know. I yeah, think that I could mean, be. It's a nine, yeah, Virginia Tech's a nine and a half point favorite on the road, so. I, I wouldn't. I would bet on them to uh, beat the spread. Wake Forest to beat the spread on that one, but uh, we'll see. Then the only other game I wanted to highlight, I didn't even watch this game because I didn't think this was going to happen. <laughs> Notre Dame won twelve to seven against Louisville, which I'm sure we'll talk more about if Notre Dame loses a matchup down the road, but that's just so crazy to me. Like, you're number four team in the nation. You're going up against a one-and-three matchup, and you barely win. I mean, I guess that's college football. I, I don't I don't really know what to make of that. I'm also surprised. Uh, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea what happened in that game. Like, it's just so weird. Because we always talk about, like, how bad – Louisville's defense has been. I mean, Georgia Tech hung 40-something points on them, and we're not good. Um, it's just a weird, you know, like Notre Dame was up 6 to nothing at the half. There's a lot of punts, a lot of turnovers on downs. Just There was a lot of running and not a lot of long passes, which probably was what led the, as you pointed out, the clock runs a lot faster when you're running the ball all the time. But I, I, it I just – You had four drives of over seven minutes. <laughs> it just it's hard for me to wrap my head around where it's like you're talking about a team in Louisville that basically has no defense and is all offense and I don't even know what to think of Notre Dame after that where you can you can only score field goals against them but I guess if it, if a win's a win I mean we talk yeah, about I mean, that 232 yards on the ground 4.7 yards per carry I mean that's kind of what you talked about that they they kept it on the ground I mean Ian Book was 11 of 19 for 106 yards like, it's just so crazy to me because this is such a low-scoring, low-offensive output game without turnovers. There's not a single turnover in this game, so I just I don't understand what happened. <laughs> it's college football, man. I don't even know. Sometimes that's just how it plays out. That's, that is a weird one. Um, all right, so with all that said, we're moving on to this week. Um, now, I think we got some critiques about the – how this week looks as far as schedule-wise, but I'm actually kind of interested. I mean, Big Ten, Mountain West both kick off this week. Uh, there's only a few good matchups out of that one, but let's start with a personal gem for you, Andrew. 
Georgia Southern at Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina also, the Chanticleers, now ranked 25 after that big win against Louisville. Um, so, Lafayette. oh, sorry, Louis, or, sorry, Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, right, right. I think they're just Louisiana now. Did they, did they still have to? intrigued by that i want to learn more about this but that's kind of like a side cast we need to find somebody who went to uh louisiana lafayette to have that discussion but uh for now they were ranked 21 they lost to the chanticleers chanticleers are number number 25 now uh and you know i think you've obviously got a lot of love for georgia southern uh two two flex uh bone offenses Yeah, you get really hyped about this teal field. I do. Thing. I do. Um, I'm also like driving the Jamie Chadwell bandwagon. Like I am, I am all about him, and like he's my man. I love him. Uh, he's a great coach. I like him a lot. He, you know, <laughs> again, I can't say enough of like how much I like this guy as a coach. Uh, so, so with that in mind, are you taking the Chanticleer as I take it? I mean. I make sure that they don't play each other because you've said this kind of stuff before. So no, Liberty and Coastal do they play each other the last week of the season. Oh okay. So they will oh yeah. okay yeah they, so they, they could be undefeated going into each other. Now the problem is Liberty has to play both North Carolina State and Virginia Tech. So Liberty has a much less likely chance of being undefeated. Coastal 
Troy, who I think is pretty good. They play App State, who is pretty good. But other than that, I mean, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, South Alabama, and Texas State are all very winnable games for the Chanticleers. Yeah, I think... Uh, they, their baseball program also won the College World Series a couple years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, they're really turning... They're really turning their sports program around, so I think they should be happy. They're they're, uh, they're, they're in Conway, South Carolina, that I'm pretty sure is like 20 minutes outside of Myrtle Beach. I mean, they're – well, yeah, and they actually have a really big uh, force there, and I think they're looking at beating out uh, South Carolina as being uh, a premier South Carolina college. If not for Clemson, they would be very – they would be at the top, top dog right now. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be a fun matchup, certainly. Yeah, you just pissed off all, like, seven Gamecocks to listen to this podcast. Oh, man. Wow, gee. And, and now, Darius Ruffin's never going to want to listen again. Actually, damn it, now I feel bad, because they did beat Georgia last year. Now now I feel bad. bad. And, you know, it's so funny, I actually, I have a bit of a song. Something about, like, South Carolina's colors, like, the garnet black just looks cool to me. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I'm more of a – I love their traditions. The Sandstorm, I know it's cheesy, but I have a, I, I like watching them have fun out there, even though yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know how drunk they are, but, you know, they're, they're having a good time. I, I'm down I, I also know that they have this whole, like, these things called cockabooses. <laughs> okay. Where it's, it's like these old train cabooses near the stadium that you can rent a tailgate out of. Oh, okay. I was worried what that was going to be because I'm like, Andrew, this is a family show. You can't just bring up cockabooses. All right, so yeah, they got uh, bus. They got party buses that you can like throw tailgate parties at. I no, so they're not. They're not buses. Like they're like old, um, like train cabooses. Oh, oh, that's like a million times cooler. Oh my gosh, that's. Then they're legit like condos with like kitchens and like. Those are just. Are there rails? They're on like rail? Or are they just yeah, like. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they move. That's fucking crazy. I love that. Uh, Dude, uh, we, we should get something like that at Georgia Tech, but we don't have any space. That's the problem. I don't know. We have any like. rails. I mean, you can just. Are, I mean, given that we're in engineering school, it would make sense to have train shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like we could find a way to squeeze one in or so. Uh, I don't know. There are a couple of train tracks not too far from campus. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll we'll have to we'll we'll have to play with that idea. See if we can propose it to uh, the alumni association. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Nah, I'm sorry, South Carolina. I think you're cool. I don't know. They're <laughs> just. I, I just uh, wish they were a better program. They could beat Georgia more consistently. Okay, moving on. So go ahead and talk about the rivalry game that you don't think is going to be a game, NC State at North Carolina. Obviously, they're hyping it up right now in the Raleigh area where I'm at. But uh, I know NC State has an injured quarterback after last week's game. And I think uh, – Obviously, North Carolina is going to be looking for revenge after what happened at, at FSU. So, I think we've talked about this. Andrew, you don't seem to think it'll be much of a game. Is that right? I don't 
<laughs> and so, on paper, it shouldn't be much of a game, um, especially with Devin Leary being hurt for NC State. Um, NC State struggled defensively. They they lost to Virginia Tech, whereas Carolina beat Virginia Tech. Um, I just you know you don't see the same nearly the same offensive numbers out of NC State that you see out of Carolina. Uh, I mean Sam Powell's incredible. The two running backs Williams and Carter are great. I mean Carolina to me talent wise is like that step below Clemson. Like they're right there with maybe Miami and Florida State from a pure talent standpoint, where they're just they're they're incredible. And but yeah, it's it's a robbery. You hate you hate to see a fourteen and a half point spread because that's just asking for trouble in games like these. Um, but. I mean, Carolina should win, and I expect Carolina to win. But you don't, you don't want to jinx them. Say too much because as comfortable as my guest bedroom is, it's a very comfortable room. I'm not gonna lie. It is like it's a nice guest bed, but I don't really want to have to live there for the next month. That's fair. I don't know. And this is a game for those not familiar. I think most people think that Duke UNC is the big rivalry. Nah, NC State UNC. That's that's so, the big rivalry. Big misconception. UNC is the big rivalry for those schools. This is the biggest rivalry for NC State. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think it's the biggest rivalry in the state in general, uh, or in the Raleigh area in general, because I think NC State is kind of like Georgia. They take things personally and they get in your face about it. So, yeah. I think it's it's one of those interesting games where North Carolina would rather beat Duke. (laughs) Ah, makes sense. It's it's kind of it, it's kind of like Georgia with like the Florida Georgia Tech. Like Georgia really would, wants to beat Florida and see the somewhat of a bigger rivalry, but they hate losing to Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean Auburn, Tennessee, from Alabama standpoint, you just cannot. You know, losing losing to Auburn is a really ugly mark, but you can't lose to Tennessee, man. That's just not. That's not. I don't think they have any- worry about this year. No, I think they'll be all right. Speaking of, Alabama-Tennessee, uh, I think Alabama's going to run all over them. Is that... Uh, I just, no, I just I wanted to pull up, so in the, in, the, in the series rivalry between Carolina and State, North Carolina's won 67 games. NC State's won 36 games. <laughs> um, the longest win streak is North Carolina with nine and NC State with five. It's kind of been a bit of a back and forth. Uh, State won three in a row, 16, 17, and 18. North Carolina won in 19. We're, we're here, you know, State, and, uh, you know, Mac Brown kind of that 93 to 99. Uh, Carolina won all of it. Uh, you know, 79 to 85. They won. So there's, this, this game is really kind of been punctuated by some long UNC runs with you know, a couple of street breakers by, by NC State. But, I mean, it's a rivalry that's been dominated by the Tar Heels. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would expect it to be again. Uh, I think the big highlight is I think this is the first time both teams are ranked since 1993 going into the matchup, if the sports radio out here is to be believed. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do, I do give the edge to North Carolina. I just kind of like last week, let's not get overconfident. Let's – Cool our heads and take this game seriously. Get a lockdown, and I don't see any reason why 
North Carolina can't walk away with a win in this one. All right. So, I mean, I was going to talk about Alabama-Tennessee, but I don't know that there's much point. Um, they're at Tennessee. Uh, they're the number two team in the nation. But Tennessee just lost to, like, Kentucky 34-7. to Are we giving can Tennessee any thought in that matchup? No. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. So, Tennessee got blown up, but Tennessee's not very good this year. Uh, they're just a weird program. They, they, again, they're kind of like Florida State is to an extent this year. They're so talented. Like, I can get losing to Georgia. They have no business losing to Kentucky. Like, I think they lost to Missouri. Like, Tennessee, get your shit together. I was actually really torn up because they looked pretty good in the first half against Georgia. No, and they then they just. Yeah. No, they, they were doing okay until they played Georgia. And they looked pretty good against Georgia in the first half and then just completely collapsed. And, and then I don't even know what happened in Kentucky. I don't really want to know what happened with Kentucky. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just not a good look, Tennessee. Um, and I don't expect them to win anything this week. Sorry. Uh, my godparents are Tennessee fans, and they invited my parents, who are Alabama fans, over. And I'm like, uh, but they invited them like two weeks ago when this looked like it would be a good matchup. And now I'm like, oh, this is going to be just disappointing. This is going to be so sad. Uh, I'm going to assume your dad's already got cigars ready. Oh, yeah, no. And uh, he's got some good scotch, I think. Uh, yeah. What, single bear? Is that the right one? Yeah. Uh, but anyway. All right, so... The last one I want to touch on that I guess is from a personal standpoint. Let's go ahead. Georgia Tech at Boston College. Hoping to bounce back. Boston College is a three and a half point favorite, which is basically a home field advantage. So I think the sports bookies are expecting this to be a pretty close matchup. Um, And if you look at the key differences that Georgia Tech's offense allows way more yards than Boston colleges typically does. Although those average are averages are probably affected by the fact that we just got blown out by Clemson. Yes. And we also played. Well, they are to an extent, but I mean, Louisville put up a pretty big number of yards on us as well. I was going to say, I was Central Florida put up like 700 yards too. So yeah, I was going to bring up Louisville. I forgot about central Florida. You, you cut me off before I could get to Louisville. Um, but yeah, point 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 being, I think those numbers are slightly inflated. So these are, for all intents and purposes, very similar teams. Um, I don't know. It's there's so much like question about Georgia Tech that I don't really want to kind of throw into um, question. And I I also like Boston College a lot, just in general. I think they're a interesting team, and I think I like them. I like where they're headed as a program, but um, yeah, my home my home feeling says I got to cheer for Georgia Tech, and I will, I guess, give them the edge in this matchup. I think they've done better in closer matchups, and I think they found ways to get turnovers when they need them. But uh, uh, with that said, what do you think, Andrew? Boston College has got this new passing offense kind of strategy worked out uh, and that has been a weakness of Georgia Tech in the past what what are your thoughts going into this it's just such a weird game both teams have turned the ball over a lot which means we're not going to have any turnovers uh, Boston College is averaging 66.2 yards per game on the ground they're not able to run it which means they're going to run for about 250 
Yeah, I'm, um, I'm expecting yeah, his stats to be. Phil Jerkovich, he's a 6'5", big monster quarterback, not very athletic. He's going to run for like 2,000 yards. <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting and this to actually be like a defensive struggle somehow. Like, it'll be like Notre Dame-Louisville last week where it's whoever scores 10 points first is the winner. Yeah, uh, I mean, I just I don't really have a good feel for this game. I, I was really high on Boston College early. Um, they really struggled against Virginia Tech. You know, they, they really struggled to run the ball, which is weird for Boston College, given that that's what we, you know, we've known Boston College to be. Um, they've also got a really good tight end. And I've been a Georgia Tech fan for 34 years, and I'm fully convinced we have no clue ever how to cover a tight end. Yeah, I mean, we look we we look very bad in the short zone tackling game. As soon as somebody gets into that little area where the linebackers space out, it's just like, oh well, this is over. Uh, I I'm kind of uh, I'm looking for words to say about this game, but I really like you said it's a very strange matchup, and it could go either way. I think traditionally we have the edge over Boston College. Uh, you can tell me if you can pull up the stats. I think we've done pretty well against Boston College in our past few matchups. Um, yeah, until they join the team, we didn't play them a lot. We are seven and two uh, against Boston College all time, including a three and zero record at Boston College. So pretty yeah, good. They beat us. They beat us in two. I actually remember they beat us in ninety eight. 2007 game is when they had this senior quarterback by the name of Matt Ryan. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that guy ever did with his life. I don't know. I think he got paid and then he stopped trying to play football. He stopped putting in effort. Uh, huh. I understand that a lot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it will certainly be an interesting matchup for the fans of those teams. Uh, otherwise, I would stay away from this. This is like a minefield in every yeah, way. Says the Yellow Jackets, but I know that Georgia Tech is terrible and we always lose, and all I know is that life is pain. Uh, so, like I said, I expect Boston College to run for like 200 and something yards just out of the blue. Well, let's see. I, it, anything could happen. That's just the way it is. Even a boat. <laughs> Even a boat. All right, so I guess the only other matchup I really want to highlight well, there's three matchups. I think we'll touch on them really quickly, and then if you want to talk about any personal matchups you got, uh, we can bring it up. But um, so first off, uh, we've got Iowa State at Oklahoma State for at three thirty on Fox to see who will start taking the lead in uh, the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State's currently undefeated. Uh, Iowa State undefeated in the conference. Both teams have looked very good. Uh, so far, uh, obviously, Oklahoma State's given up less on defense in general. But again, we're talking about inflated numbers. Oklahoma State has played in Tulsa, West Virginia, and Kentucky, whereas Iowa State's Kansas. played. Oh, sorry. Kansas. My bad. Why did I say Kentucky? Kentucky uh, would have been a good but meanwhile, Iowa State's played Oklahoma, TCU, Texas Tech, and Louisiana or Louisiana Lafayette, depending on your terminology so i mean again you're looking at two very close matchups and i expect in a big 10 fashion that it will be a offensive shootout um 
that I would expect Oklahoma State to walk away from, but I wouldn't be shocked if Iowa State pulled off an upset. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts walking into this one? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. It's a three and a half point spread, which seems kind of low given that Oklahoma State's got a seventy-three point six percent chance to win, according to ESPN's FPI. Don't don't trust the FPI. No, absolutely. ESPN's so full of shit. Absolutely don't. Um, yeah, I. I like Oklahoma offensively, but like you said, they really haven't played anybody, and Tulsa held them to 16 points. And to be fair, West Virginia held them to 27. You know, the crazy part is that, that Oklahoma State team playing extremely well, which is not something you ever say about the Big 10, or Big 12, whatever, they're both the same. And I don't know a lot. Again, there are two teams I don't know a lot about. I haven't watched a lot of them. I watched a little bit of Oklahoma State's loss to Louisiana, or Iowa State lost Louisiana, but I just haven't paid a lot of attention to it. With Iowa State having the win over Oklahoma, I think if they win this game, to me, they have to become the favorite for the Big 12. I mean, we, Oklahoma still has to play, or Oklahoma State still has to play Oklahoma. I mean, we talked about Iowa State being a potential big team uh, early on in the year, a potential playoff team. Um, and I think they've still got that shot. The The most glaring thing is their least lost to Lafayette or Louisiana. That's going to drive me crazy. Um, anyway, but yes. Yeah. I just call him Lafayette because that's how I remember. It's like the other one I just call Monroe. Like, I don't even use Louisiana part. Yeah, I, I think um, – but anyway, the point point being, I think that really people are giving the edge to Oklahoma just because Iowa State lost that one game. Since then, though, they've looked very good. I mean, you know, you can say, oh, they barely won against Oklahoma and they barely won against TCU, but those are both very good teams, and they destroyed Texas Tech. So I think they've looked, like, pretty competitive. I, um, The only thing that I know for certain about Oklahoma State is that they've got uh, Hubbard at running back, and he's supposed to be a potential Heisman candidate. He hasn't put up ridiculous yards, but he's looked very good out on the field. So I would say that he's definitely putting in work. Um, so I would watch for Oklahoma state to try and kind of run the clock and kind of control the ball in the run game. But don't be surprised if the Iowa state pulls the upset. I'm going to be rooting for Iowa state, but I'm still going to give the edge to Oklahoma state. I would say that if you had to pick one, Oklahoma state is probably going to walk away with the win. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I just, I think Oklahoma, it's too good offensively, and that's gonna that's gonna be a big part of it. But again, it's it's one where I think I think State win. I wouldn't put any money on the game because I would like you said I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa State did win. So yeah, I mean that's another close matchup. Uh, next up, Michigan at Minnesota. This is another close matchup, at least if you believe the FPI. Uh, Michigan's slightly favored. Um, they've got a three point favorite. We don't know much about either of these teams other than, I mean, what you could gauge from last year. Um, Michigan had a couple of losses to end the year against Ohio State and uh, Alabama. Minnesota, meanwhile, won against Auburn in the bowl game but lost to Wisconsin. Uh, Both these teams have been really improving. I personally uh, am going to pick Minnesota. Michigan has just been on a weird kind of downward spiral. I think they've lost confidence. The fans have lost confidence. The team has lost confidence in itself. Whereas Minnesota has just done nothing since P.J. Fleck got there. 
except gain confidence and motivation. And, you know, I'm sure there's on the field stuff that uh, I can think of that could probably give the edge to Michigan. And I know there's a reason that most experts are picking Michigan, but just from a psychological standpoint, I give Minnesota the edge. And since they're at home, I think this will be a big factor for them. I think that uh, they are poised to make this upset pretty easily. But, uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts walking into Michigan at Minnesota? Um, so this is like every single game in the Big Ten. This is a trophy game uh, for the Little Brown Jug. Because, again, every game in the Big Ten has a trophy, apparently, um, come to find out. But I, I kind of agree with you. So I, don't, I don't know a lot about these teams in terms of I don't know who's back. I don't know who lost what. I don't know. You know, like you said, Flex really kind of got Minnesota – climbing, whereas, you know, Michigan is stagnated to an extent. You know, Harbaugh really hasn't been as much as we expected him to be. You know, I don't know anything about who's starting quarterback. I know Minnesota's got a really good wide receiver from Georgia. Often he got Minnesota. But, I mean, I want to pick the Gophers just because I don't have a lot of confidence in Michigan. You know, I think I think they're going to get the little brown jug. Yeah. But I don't, I don't really have any truly legitimate valid insights as to why um, they didn't play last year. So we don't really know anything from that. I mean, the only thing, again, the only thing I have to go off of is how they finished out the year. I mean, they both lost to the teams that ended up playing in the Big the Big Ten Championship, which was Oklahoma State and Wisconsin, right? So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Oh, sorry. What the fuck is wrong with my brain? Ohio They're State was Wisconsin. Well, that and the Kentucky and Kansas mistakes. But anyway, yeah, so Ohio State and Wisconsin. So, yeah, I mean, take what you will. I know that's not a great basis, and I'm sure that other commentators will have more to take on it. But uh, my gut's telling me Minnesota. I, I, can't, I can't shake the feeling that they're going to walk away with a big win in this matchup. I don't even know that it'll be – I want to hope it's at least a close game, but yeah, I don't think it'll be. Uh, I think Minnesota is very poised to make this upset and make it look bad for Michigan. All right, last big matchup before we get to our personal choices. Um, Cincinnati at SMU. So number nine going on the road to face number 16. Both teams are undefeated. SMU has played more games, though. Uh, 5-0, whereas Cincinnati has had a few games canceled and they're only 3-0. Biggest win for Cincinnati was against number 22 Army, whereas SMU has won some very close matchups, the last two wins being a three-point win over Memphis and a three-point win over uh, Tulane in overtime. Hey, at least I got Tulane right. Usually I confuse them with Tulsa. Um, Yeah, SMU's got a very powerful offense, and they've been kind of just – kicking ass with it, generally speaking. Uh, in fact, neither of these teams are really much uh, from the defensive side. I think it's more focused offensively. Um, but, yeah, I I think it'll be – this one would probably be my matchup to watch, honestly, even over uh, Michigan-Minnesota, which is in the same time slot. I expect this to be uh, – if Iowa State and Oklahoma State is not a shootout, this will be the shootout of the day. I expect both these teams to be scoring in the 50s. <laughs> it's This is going to be a crazy matchup, I think. Um, who, so, Andrew, what are your thoughts on the matchup? 
continues to be a really, really good program. I think they sit in an interesting place because there's Ohio State in Ohio and then nobody else. And so I think Cincinnati can kind of position themselves somewhat long-term to be that next level in, in the state of Ohio. I like how he's recruited. I like the quarterback Ritter. He's a really athletic player. Um, I, I like that they their defense has played better, um, not necessarily against great competition, but better than SMU's. And I just think that Cincinnati's poised to be like the G5 program that we talk about, kind of like we've done with UCF in the past, kind of like we've done with some other programs. I think Cincinnati's really poised to kind of take those reins. I also think, and I have no idea if there's going to be any coach firings because of just how crazy this year has been, but someone in the Big Ten is going to look at Luke Fickle within the next two years. Mm. I, I will actually go the opposite way. I'll side with SMU. I think what I've seen out of Shane, Bouch- Shane Bouchelle is Bouchelle or Bouchelle. Anyway, what I've seen out of their quarterback has been very impressive to me, and I, I think he could actually make it to the next level if he continues to perform as he's done so far at SMU. Um, so I, I certainly it'll be a great matchup. I don't know which way it's going to go, but that's uh, I, I think it'll be certainly worth watching. I hope it's SMU. You can hope it's Cincinnati. I don't know. Bet me on it. <laughs> uh, all right, so I think that's pretty much it for this week. Really quick, I do want to highlight... I think you're kind of against them, but I do. I personally want to do a highlight for Wake Forest at Virginia Tech. Wake Forest has been. I love Wake. Don't come at me. Wake Forest has done a great turn. I love Dave Lawson. The Clawfence. The Clawfence is so much fun to watch. Uh, They've done a great turnaround compared to where they were at the beginning of the season with all the injuries and the tough losses against. Well, I don't know if Clemson counts as a tough loss. That was just kind of a loss, but. Tough loss against NC State. That was a very close one that they should have probably won. Since then, they've come out swinging, and they've done very well in their past few games. I know Virginia Tech is a very good team, but if they're not careful, they could see a big upset for Wake Forest in this upcoming matchup. Um, And then, yeah, I guess, Andrew, do you have any thoughts? Any other matchups you want to highlight this week? I mean, there's some interesting ones. Um, Clemson is a 46-point favorite at home against Syracuse. Uh, from that perspective, they were a 27-point favorite last week against Georgia Tech, but they blew out 73-7. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. I mean, Clemson's obviously going to win the game, so it'll be interesting to see what that score looks like. I think there are some interesting bounce-back games. Uh, I think Auburn Ole Miss is, is a fascinating one because I think if Auburn loses this game, I think Gus Melzon gets fired on the bus ride back to Memphis. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I agree with that, but it would certainly make for an interesting story. I, I honestly don't think Malzahn makes it this season. Uh, or, or if he does, he gets fired at the end, outside of the sky falling and then beating Alabama again. Well, the, the problem is we always say that, and then something happens and Malzahn gets his ass saved at the last second. Yeah, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Baylor, Texas will be interesting just to see if Texas can bounce back from the Oklahoma game. Uh, Kentucky, Missouri, see if Kentucky's actually good or Tennessee's terrible. Dylan uh, had two losses playing South Carolina. We don't really know a lot about South Carolina. That's again, and LSU starting quarterback is hurt. So that's another chance to see, all right, you know, it, how, what's LSU going to look like? Do we dare to dream about uh, potential matchups like Florida State at Louisville, Oklahoma at TCU? Oklahoma at TCU, uh, actually. TCU, I think, would be an interesting game. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be a really kind of fascinating one. 
See, and you you were whining earlier about how there weren't any good matchups this week. I mean, I sleep. Big Tech plays at three, so that, you know I'll sleep for the afternoons. Yeah. For that. Um, yeah, I just trying to. I'm trying to see. There's not really any good. You know, the Friday, none of the Friday games are any good. Illinois on the Big Ten Network is kind of the okay, it's there kind of game. Um, Man, Iowa, Iowa at Purdue could be interesting, and yeah. uh, I do yeah, think. That would be There are some matchups in the Mountain West that I kind of want to watch, but I don't think there's anything too interesting. Like Utah State at Boise would have been more interesting last year. This yeah. year, Utah State just doesn't have the same talent. Yeah, Boise's a 16 and a half point Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that was why I was looking at their matchup against Fresno State because I was like, that could be closer than you realize because uh, I think Hawaii is more talented, but Fresno State has been more stable over the past few years. Um, North, Northwestern is an 11-point favorite at home against Maryland. <laughs> okay. Northwestern's looked pretty good, actually. I mean, to be fair. They, I mean, Northwestern's that team where you're like, wait a minute, you all of a sudden wake up and they've won 10 games. Yeah, well, I mean, for as much as everybody whines about them being nerds, I'm like, they have done some very impressive things the last few years. Uh, but anyway, that's just my take on it. You know, Navy Houston at 2.30, but that's just because I love watching Navy. Same thing with Army Mercer. Wyoming, Wyoming at, Wyoming at uh, Nevada could be interesting. Air Force, well, no, they're playing San Jose State. Never mind. <laughs> Air Force. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot more matchups, interesting matchups now that all the teams are getting involved. But uh, I need my like Utah Oregon game that kicks off at ten fifteen. That like, this, this no Pac twelve after dark is just messing with me. It is it is actually kind of sad that we don't have the Pac twelve because I I think there was something to be said for them kind of rounding out the night where you just wake up and you're like, oh, 52-49 game. I guess I should pay attention to what's going on here. <laughs> Oh, they are actually playing? Oh, I didn't realize. They are. We get, um, I mean, Lord, the big game that weekend, Stanford, Oregon, <laughs> um, Wazoo, Oregon State, Washington, Cal, Arizona, Utah have been low-key be interesting. UCLA, Colorado, low-key interesting, but like, some of these are just like, man, I'm still, I'm still mad at Colorado because I don't, how, how do you hire Carl Durrell, of all people, to be your head coach. Like, what the hell, Colorado? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, Especially when you should have backed the brakes truck up to Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs' home, who played in Colorado. You've got some very strong feelings about how the coaching has not... Well, it's a curiosity in Colorado because there was one national champion in 1990 and it wasn't the Buffalo. Yes, we know. God. Well, at least Georgia Tech fans. Georgia, Georgia Tech fans now. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to call it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Y'all have a good rest of your night. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye.